Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the podcast where I share the inspiring stories of diverse leaders bringing equity to financial systems through fintech. I'm Nicole Casperson. What up, fintech fam? Nicole here, and welcome to another episode of Humans of Fintech, where I talk about an industry trend that you should be paying attention to. Today, we're exploring how financial inclusion is fintech, and specifically diving into how your fintech product can prioritize inclusion, generate profitability, and serve people that need finance tools. So let's dive in. To start, I think we all collectively need a quick refresh on the actual definition of fintech for you know anyone that's confused about why we discuss inclusion so much here. Financial technology, aka fintech, is a new technology that seeks to improve and automate the delivery and use of financial services. At its core, fintech is utilized to help companies, business owners, and consumers better manage their financial operations, processes, and lives by using special software and algorithms used on computers and smartphones. And that definition is according to our friends over at Investopedia. And one of the best examples of fintech at work is how startups disrupt incumbents in the finance industry by explaining financial inclusion and using technology to cut operational costs. Okay, so inclusion is at the heart of fintech, bringing people into the financial system while lowering the cost for businesses, meaning fintech prioritizes people just as much as profits. At least that's how it's supposed to be. Sure, as an industry, we know that inclusion is the right thing to do because people matter and we are in the business of helping people. But to simplify inclusion as an ethical obligation tends to only answer the why, but discounts the question on at least one person's mind whether they say it out loud or not. What does inclusivity look like in reality? The practical how inclusion fits into the fintech product isn't something that's always discussed. So let's talk about it. And top product executives have crafted super-defined frameworks to turn inclusion into reality. One of my favorite examples is Annie Jean-Baptiste. She's Google's head of product inclusion and a leader in helping tech companies and products from all industries prioritize inclusion. And I'm going to share a few insights from her book right here, which is called Building for Everyone, Expand Your Market with Design Practices from Google's Product Inclusion Team. Annie Jean-Baptiste, thank you for this work. When building something for someone else, Annie says we must always ask ourselves, who else? As an industry, it also means a cognitive shift from giving historically underrepresented consumers a seat at the table to co-creation and full collaboration that ensures the outcomes are better for everyone and allows for higher innovation and market share. For example, there's a misconception that historically underrepresented people don't have power because they're marginalized. And that simply isn't true. Black consumers in the U.S. had $1.4 trillion in purchasing power in 2020. There are 1 billion people in the world with a disability. And women globally have $18 trillion of purchasing power and make many household decisions. So ensuring that we collaborate and co-create with historically underrepresented groups allows for the full richness of our world to be reflected in product and marketing, creating more opportunities for businesses to show up for their customers. And at its core, product inclusion and equity should make people feel seen so that the different aspects of their identity are considered when designing and developing a product or service. 
When this is accomplished, we can see how technology can amplify people's lives. Let's get into what you need to get started. First, you got to understand the 12 dimensions of diversity. Inclusion encompasses the billions of users worldwide who have different races, genders, and socioeconomic statuses among several dimensions and how those dimensions intersect when a user interacts with a product. Annie and her team at Google started to develop 12 dimensions of diversity when they began to ask who else needs to be included in the product development process. Just asking the question prompted Google to create a full-fledged team to work on product inclusion. And the dimensions of diversity include the intersections of gender, race, age, education level, geographic location, socioeconomic status, physical ability, mental ability, religion, sexual orientation, and learning styles. And according to Annie, what you want to do is to start thinking holistically and intersectionally about your user. Think about how there's not one thing that makes you, you. I love this example that Annie will use with her product teams, and she'll say that she's a Black woman who is also left-handed. But it's not like she's Black on Monday, left-handed on Tuesday, and a woman on Wednesday. She's all those things all the time. So it affects how she moves through the world and affects how the world views her. And it affects how she interacts with products and services. So we have to think about how these multiple dimensions come together and how it affects someone's experience with a product. It's important. One of the best examples of Google's product inclusion at work include that Google cameras accurately represent all skin tones. And Annie has actually shared that the Pixel team that initially tested out the camera's proximity sensor was all white. And they've realized that while that may work well for them, that doesn't work well for everyone. When product teams think about product inclusion in reality, Annie talks to them about the curb cut effect which really is talking about the curb cuts in these sidewalks, which were initially made in the 70s for wheelchair users. But we all use it now, whether it's people with skateboards, suitcases, or even shopping carts. The critical thing to understand is that when you're building for holistically marginalized groups, the results are better outcomes for everyone. There are a lot of examples of this throughout history. Another one is closed captioning. So even though it feels amplified now, there are decades of work that have helped to ensure that those people who have historically not been at the center of development and design can have their voices involved throughout the critical points in the process. So you might be thinking, how else can I get started? Well, as business leaders, you need to understand how to capture a larger market share by creating more inclusive products for people of color, women, and other underrepresented groups. Google's product inclusion team has developed strategies to help companies with this endeavor, and maybe some of these can inspire you at your fintech company. These strategies focus on expanding the target user base rather than replacing the original customer or user. It is about recognizing that there are more potential users out there and working to reach them. Only then can companies genuinely create products that will be beneficial to all. Business leaders also have to proactively think about bringing diverse perspectives into the four points of processes. So design, engineering, product management, and user research. For example, when conducting user research, do you consider cities versus rural areas, or are you just limiting yourself to domestic research? In a similar manner, when you're doing user testing, are you including people from outside of the company? For Google, they adopted a community-based participatory research method, which leads with the community's goals, needs, and challenges rather than attempting to incorporate them later down the line. 
This allows for greater innovation, as diverse teams can bring in various perspectives, which can help to anticipate and resolve any potential issues or challenges. Additionally, a more inclusive process from the outset avoids fixing any issues that may have arised later retroactively. The earlier you bring these perspectives, the easier it is, and the lessons will cascade throughout the process. A couple years ago, Google identified four inflection points in the design and development process that companies should focus on, ideation, user research, design, user testing, and marketing. These points in the process cover the entire journey of creating and launching a product, from initial ideation to the final marketing steps. And this process is consistent across industries, so I'm looking at you, FinTech, with the same vital steps needing to be taken to create and launch a product successfully. What's more is that it's about something other than coming up with groundbreaking, entirely new processes. Instead, it's just about being more intentional about the process that is already in place and broadening the scope of those processes and considering how to ensure the perspectives of those at the margins are included. So when creating anything, it's crucial to recognize the influence of different lived experiences. And you might be thinking to me, Nicole, I'm a B2B fintech company. What do I need to know about this? Well, when designing a B2B product, one really should consider not just the end customer, but also the customer's customer. Consideration should be taken for those who benefit from the product and those facing challenges that the product could help mitigate. And no matter the sector, it is crucial to think of the perspectives of those most unlike the group that the product has historically been built for. Doing so will create a more robust, holistic product that can provide value for a broader range of customers. So how do you actually measure the impact of this? According to Annie's team at Google, they've taken the initiative to measure inclusion just like any other key part of the business. So they use OKRSs objectives and key results to track progress toward product inclusion and equity up to the company level. It's also vital to set metrics such as customer satisfaction, sentiment, and daily active users. Also, companies must be intentional when looking at the data to ensure that they're not overlooking any historically underrepresented groups. Additionally, when assessing product market fit, it's essential to consider whether or not we have gone to the appropriate demographics for feedback. And the final thing that you have to do is empower your team. Creating and maintaining an inclusive product is an ongoing effort that requires a commitment from both leaders and team members. As a leader, it's essential to find an authentic way to share why this work is important and to make sure it's not just a one-off initiative, but a steady drumbeat. And team members must be empowered to take ownership of their part of the process. Product managers must understand the opportunities outside of the U.S. and with other demographics. Engineers must consider the necessary infrastructure and tooling. And marketers must ensure that a company's voice is inclusive in all areas, including ads and commercials. Achieving product inclusion and equity is a journey. And it's important to recognize that every day is an opportunity to get it right. But all right, FinTech fam, that's it for me today in this rant. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me. And like I said, if you want to learn more, be sure to grab your copy of Annie's book. It is wonderful. It is amazing. I am loving mine. And be sure to hit that subscribe button for Humans of FinTech. I am discussing inclusion and topics like this all of the time on this platform. And so I hope you continue to follow along the journey. See ya. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too.